And now, a special presentation of Faith Fit Radio with your host, Glenda Meekins. Welcome to Faith Fit Radio. I'm Glenda Meekins, a writer for the Florida Catholic and the Diocese of Orlando Communications Office. Joining me today is Jesse Romero, full-time bilingual Catholic evangelist who is nationally acclaimed for his dynamic, upbeat, Christ-centered preaching. Mr. Romero has been on Catholic Radio for over 12 years. He's also a bilingual Catholic author of numerous books on a variety of Catholic subjects, many co-authored with theologian Scott Hahn. Today, he speaks to us from his home state of Arizona. Welcome to Faith Fair Radio, Mr. Romero, and thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Glad to be on with you. Our pleasure. So let's start at the beginning. You can be quite intense and passionate about um, our faith. Were you always on fire like this for the Lord? No, no. I used to be a, a pretty committed secular humanist when I was younger. I was on fire for boxing and karate, uh, <laughs> all, all these contact sports consume my time, and that seemed to be the center of my life when I was young. I mean, I was born and raised Catholic, but I didn't understand the Catholic faith. I didn't really understand who Jesus was, so as a result of that, I uh, I just put that on the shelf for a while, and I just consumed myself with a boxing and kickboxing and knocking people out and training and fighting. <laughs> so what awakened your conviction for the faith and brought you back to your Catholic roots? Several things. Just, you know, as you get older, you... you, you uh, you start you start asking yourself some of those macro questions, you know, who am I? What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. What's life all about? What's the meaning and purpose of life? You know, you when you when you're in your early 20s, mid 20s, that's when uh you start asking yourself those macro questions. You move out of, you move you move away from the home, you move away from mom and dad, uh, you start paying your own bills. <laughs> so I started asking those questions. I was also a young cop. I I was a uh, I joined the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department at the age of 21. Yeah. Uh, really, as soon as you could become a policeman, that's, that's when I, I signed up and went through the academy. And uh, I grew up real fast. I mean, just working in the jails and working in the black and white, uh, 21, 22, 23, I saw a lot of stuff that most people won't ever see in their life. Hmm. And uh, as a result of seeing so much evil, so much, so much of the extremes of life, so much intense goodness in some situations, so much intense evil in other situations, I started realizing that, you know what, there's there's going to be a day that I'm going to die. I saw a lot of death, suicides, auto accidents, uh, you know, murders, homicides, drive-by shootings. I scrape up dead bodies every Friday and Saturday yeah. from the streets of Los Angeles. So I asked myself one day, hmm, I'm going to die one day. That's a fact. Where am I going when I die? So that's another question that, that caused another earthquake in my soul. So that clearly impacted your faith. Um, how did, I guess, tell me a little bit about, you know, the firsthand experience you had clearly with spiritual warfare um, and how this, this impacted the, the topics you talk about today. I'm surely they had an effect. Uh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I was like most Catholics. In fact, I just read a study a while back ago. It's, it's kind of an embarrassing study that says of all Christian religions in the U.S., Catholics believe less in the devil than mm-hmm. any other religion. That's an embarrassing study. Well, I was part of that group. Uh, you know, I've heard about the devil all my life, but I'm like, yeah, right. You know, I just kind of rolled my eyes. It was at the age of 21 when I had my first encounter with the diabolical as a cop. And at that point, uh, it, I, I just had a complete a complete uh, turnaround, and that caused me to start re-look, re-looking and rethinking my Catholic faith all over again. I was a 21-year-old 
working at the Los Angeles County Jail, largest jail on planet Earth, 40,000 inmates. Mm. Um, and there's a section of the jail where we kept our serial killers, our psychopaths, and our sociopaths that were fighting their cases in court, and some of them were already sentenced to death row, so they were just awaiting transportation uh, to, uh, to death row. Well, uh, about 60% of those serial killers, psychopaths, sociopaths, were consecrated Satanists. They all admitted in their police reports, probation reports, wow. uh, psychological evaluations that they'd given their life to Satan. I found that very interesting. I'm 21. I'm reading through all these files as I worked that section of the jail for several months. And uh, I got to talking to a lot of these guys one-on-one as I would feed them. I would, you know, every 20 minutes you have to do what's called a suicide watch, make sure they don't hang themselves. And uh, I got to talking to a lot of these Satanist serial killer psychopaths, and uh, and I can tell you they were committed they were committed to Satan. They were committed to the precepts of Satanism. Uh, they were committed to evil. They knew what they believed, uh, and and they had basically a single purpose mind. They were they were they were driven by one thing. It was a, it was a worship of Satan, mm. and to glorify him through murder. I remember at that point, I'm 21 years old, and I'm encountering some of the the most evil men in the Southwest, some of the most evil killers in the Southwest, and I said to myself. How embarrassing. I, as a Catholic, I don't have even a grain of zeal for my God and for my faith like this Satanist on the other side of these steel bars has for Satan and his religion. And as a result of that, again, that's another thing that caused this, what I would call this earthquake in my soul to rethink my entire life. Hmm. Is that when you began studying and reading and praying? How did, how did that impact your prayer yeah, life? a young rookie cop and I just uh, another veteran cop said hey Romero he says if you want to last in this job for for 30 years you're gonna you're gonna have to start going back to back to your faith you know back to the Lord back to church and he was a Protestant guy so he he wasn't like trying to pull me out of the Catholic faith he was just saying dude you know you know young man I mean this guy was like 30 years my senior he was about to retire he says if you're gonna last in this job you better hang on to your faith because you're gonna see some wild things here hey I appreciate it that he was a older black Protestant Christian gentleman, ready to retire. And, uh, you know, I took his advice. I was 21. I said, you know, I've never read the Bible before. And uh, I go to Mass, but I certainly don't pay attention. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm checked out. I'm, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking about the next time I'm going to fight in the ring. I'm thinking about my, mm-hmm. you know, my training and dieting and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, all of a sudden, I said, those words just rang in my heart. I started going to Mass that next Sunday after my conversations with these Satanists uh, in this uh, in this special part of the county jail, and I actually started paying attention at Mass for the first time. I actually started singing and praying, and it made a difference. I walked out of Mass, I said, wow, this feels good. This feels good in my soul. I've never actually tried to participate in the prayers of the Mass hmm. and to listen and to follow the readings of the Missalette. It was life-changing. At that point, I said, Man, I like what I'm hearing at Mass. I went home, grabbed my Bible that I got at Confirmation, that, by the way, was still in the cellophane wrap, <laughs> opened it up from the age of about, I would say, about 25 to the present, to my present age right now, 56. I have been reading the Bible every single day since the age of 25. Uh, and it's just been, uh, and it started with that encounter in the Los Angeles County Jail, uh, talking to these death row inmates that were Satanists. Hmm. So 
clearly you encountered spiritual warfare, I, I, I would imagine, you know, dealing with these men. And then, of course, the, the more you were drawn to your faith, you know, I think we that's when we particularly start finding obstacles, right? You know, because Satan doesn't want us to get close to God. What you this is one of the topics that you discuss often. What um, what would you say is the biggest tool we have in our Catholic toolbox that helps us fight spiritual warfare? Two things. Number one, living in a state of grace. That's the greatest weapon we have as Catholics. That's, that's living in friendship with Jesus Christ and being free from mortal sin. That's the greatest weapon we have, and it's underutilized. And one of the ways to make sure you're staying in a state of grace is, is frequent confession. Mm. The second way to, uh, to protect yourself against the diabolical is uh, meditative prayer. This is something that the fathers of the Church way back in the 3rd and 4th century talked about. Meditative prayer, which means saturating your mind, trying to find time throughout the day to saturate your mind with the Word of God, saturate your mind with prayer. And for us, it's easy as Catholics because, uh, you know, after the after uh, the rosary was given to uh, St. Dominic back in the, in, the, uh, in the Middle Ages, the early Middle Ages, the rosary is precisely meditative prayer. It takes about 15 minutes to 20 minutes to pray. And that's the perfect way for one to concentrate on Jesus Christ and to really meditate upon his life. And meditative prayer, the fathers of the church write, they actually write this. They said, meditative prayer injures demons. Meditative prayer causes demons to flee your presence. And meditative prayer it renews your mind. It's a powerful weapon. Mm. Uh, so I would tell people what's more important than a daily vitamin is the daily rosary. Mm. Well, and there are also some other forms of meditative prayer, um, Lectio Divina. Oh, yeah, uh, of Ignatian exercises. The bare yeah. <laughs> the bare I would be happy if most Catholics would pray the rosary every day. I mean, we could start <laughs> talking about the liturgy of the hours, Lectio Divina, the Divine Mercy, the Twelve Noon Angelus. I mean, that's, for, that, I, I, that's what I do. But I'm at another level. I'm trying to get Catholics to first base. And yeah. first base is, can you at least start off with praying the rosary every day? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what moved you to, um, well, I know you left the sheriff's office eventually, but... After 20 years. So what moved you to leave the sheriff's office and get into full-time evangelization ministry? I mean, at this point, you had your master's in theology, yes? Yeah. So what um, moved I you just, to leave? Uh, I'll just tell you, because I just, lo I, I just ended up loving evangelization more than taking people to jail. Hmm. Taking people to jail has some benefit. Don't get me wrong. I was good at it. I was like a, I was like a great white shark in the streets. Hmm. I mean, I was a predator. Uh, I was very good at my job. But there's, I just, as I got older, I just started realizing that there's something more important than taking people to jail. That's, that's a partial answer to the problem of evil and crime. Hmm. But the, 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 the greater answer is introducing people to the person of Jesus Christ because that would empty our jails. And so I realized, I said, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years successfully. Uh, how about keeping people out of jail? Hmm. And I know how to do it. And uh, so I kind of switched gears uh, midstream in my life. Hmm. 
So you're known for being quite successful in helping others return to the faith or come to the faith um, because of your vast knowledge and, and apologetics. A lot of Catholics today find it very difficult to articulate their understanding of Catholicism. I mean, many even lack the knowledge of what or why we believe in certain things. So this is clearly, you know, Jesus Christ clearly defined that mission for us as Christians to go out and proclaim the good news. Um, we're commissioned to do this at the sending forth at the end of Mass. Right. But you can only do that if you know what the good news is. What can you suggest could help Catholics better explain their faith without getting a master's degree in theology? People need, Catholics need to, now I know the Bible's a thick book and people can make all kinds of excuses for not wanting to read it. But there's no excuse for a Catholic to not immerse themselves in four tiny books called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hmm. Those four books right there, in other words, in order to share our faith, we need to know the story. We need to know the story. You don't need any degree to know the story. Hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were four eyewitnesses, historical writers, that talk about Jesus Christ, and they just give you the bullet points. I mean, they're not giving you everything about Jesus, because we'll never know everything about Jesus in this lifetime anyhow. But it gives you what we need to know for our salvation. So Catholics need to know the story of Jesus, because when you know the story, you can share the story. But the fact is, I'll just be honest with you, most Catholics don't know the story. When you say gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, they just draw a blank. They go, mm-hmm. hey, isn't that something about Jesus Christ? And so shame on us. <laughs> There's absolutely no way, for example, you're going to know how to change oil in your car unless you read the instructions. Hmm. There's no way you're going to need to know how to, you know, uh, download some software into your computer unless you read the instructions. Well, there's no way you're going to be able to evangelize unless you know the story. The story is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because the story will introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Well, and I think as well, you know, really, you can't, I, I taught Uh, faith formation for 15 years. And I used to tell my students, you know, you have a best friend. What's that relationship like? You know, you call them, but if they don't call you back, then, you know, if you're not really spending time with them and they're not, um, you're not engaged, then you don't really call that person your best friend. Well, it's the same thing with our relationship with Christ. If you're not engaged, if you're not giving him time, not just asking, but receiving, you know, in prayer, in meditation, and then understanding and learning about one another as you do when you have a relationship with someone, you can't grow. There is no encounter. It's really one-sided. So you you mentioned two key things there, really, which is knowing the story and then the practice of the rosary or some sort of prayer form that allows you to to have that encounter and, and to transform you, you know? Correct. So, and, and just uh, the problem is, is too many of our people, too many Catholics, they're just, they're distracted. Hmm. They're distracted by things that are really irrelevant. They're distracted by a lot of things that are sinful. And that, that's the devil's greatest weapon is uh, just keeping human beings distracted from what's, very, what's, from what's really important. Hmm. So switching gears here a little bit, um, you know, I know that, that you're Hispanic and as well your background is, as well as um, myself, and I don't know if this was the case for you. For me growing up, there was a big double standard when it came to chastity of boys versus the chastity of girls. 
Um, but bl- biblically, there is clearly no distinction. We are all called to be chaste until marriage. Um, as a father of two sons and a daughter, what do you tell teens regarding chastity? What I tell teens regarding chastity is that God wants us to be holy like he is holy. And your body's very special. Why? Because God actually lives in your body. Mm-hmm. The Bible says your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you, only ha- you have a gift, the gift of virginity, and that's a gift you can only give away once. So I just tell young people, men and male and female, that's a gift you could only give once. And not only that, most of them have never heard about how sacred the sexual intimate act really is. Mm. It's something that's not supposed to be shared with anybody. It's something so sacred where two people take their clothes off and share something that is, is, is called to be exclusive, something that nobody else should ever see, something that's supposed to build a lifelong bond, something that's supposed to be so precious that it's supposed to take you till death do you part. It's supposed to be something faithful, something that you have only with that other person in marriage. What, what the society has done, especially through pornography, we have taken the holiness of sexual intimacy and made it profane, made mm-hmm. it common. Bring in cameras, take off your clothes, let's record, cut, let's do it over again. And we've turned men and women into sexual machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for what? Just to make a lot of money at the other end for some producers and directors and uh, for the entertainment of people. This is, this is the diabolical inaction. Uh, and this is exactly what Sane has done to the sacredness of, of sexual intimacy. He's twisted it. He's warped it. And he's made it profane. And now... The, 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 the sacredness that God gave us, this, this, uh, this, the one flesh union act that God has given us in marriage, has now been made uh, secular, profane, and, and, uh, and even voyeur uh, mm. for modern men. Absolutely. Your, your motto is, love God, save souls, and slay error. So the first two seem clear enough, but why slay error? What errors are you referring to? <sighs> Society's full of error. Um, first of all, we could just take our secular society, look at our Supreme Court decisions. These are very educated men that are teaching error, complete falsehood. Uh, the legalization of homosexual marriage, the legalization of abortion, uh, the legalization of pornography, uh, taking prayer out of public school, taking Bible readings out of public school, taking the Ten Commandments out of public school. These are educated people that are teaching error with the authority that's been given to them by the government or by the state. Uh, so this is the error that we've got to slay error. means we've got to expose it. We've got to mm-hmm. annihilate it. We've got to get rid of it. Jesus Christ says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And St. Paul says, speak the truth in charity. It is nothing but cowardness to see something going wrong in society and in our church and keeping your mouth shut. The Catechism says in paragraph 1868, it is a sin. You cooperate in somebody else's sin when you omit to expose evil. When you see evil going on and you keep your mouth shut, that's the sin of omission in the Catechism, and uh, I'm not going to be part of that. Mm 
Well, thank you so much. We've covered a variety of topics today, but don't miss Mr. Romero, who's bringing his preaching apostolate on fire evangelization to St. Augustine Catholic Church in Castleberry, Friday, March 16th. He will be speaking at 6 o'clock on the power of prayer in English and then at 7.30 on the same topic in Spanish. On Saturday, March 17th, At 9.30 a.m., he will be speaking about living in a state of grace in English, and he will be offering that again in Spanish, viviendo en estado de gracia, at 11 o'clock. He will wrap up with a bilingual talk on spiritual warfare at 1 p.m. For more information, call St. Augustine Catholic Church at 407-695-3262. The event is free. Thank you so much, Mr. Romero, for joining us today from your home state, Arizona. By the way, if anybody wants to listen to me, you can just download my free app. It's the Terry and Jesse Show uh, app. You can go to your iTunes, your smart device, and just download my free app. It's called the Terry and Jesse Show, and you can listen to me Monday through Friday on your smart device. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. This is Glenda Meekins for FaithFit Radio. Thank you for listening.